2: Final hour of KJ and Lions here on WEEI. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Let that roll, Nico. Yeah. I told you I'd be bringing some of the soul of Christmas to WEEI. <laughs> Look, I'm not one of those who says, you know, Santa's a brother because trust me, it's too cold up there. But, I, you know, shout out to my sister-in-law who's from a town called Woodstock, right on the other side of Woodstock, Maine. It, it's it's way up, up there. there. Oh, yeah, when when she's like, yeah, come up for Thanksgiving, we're like, nah, I think the cutoff date is October 5th. <laughs> October 5th? I was going to say Labor Day, but yeah. Right, exactly. Well, there, yeah, there you go. So, Merry Christmas to you all, and to all, happy holidays. Let's go to Kevin, D., uh, Kevin in Middleborough. Kevin, thanks for calling. You want to talk Alex Cora. Go ahead.
0: Hey, what's up? Uh, yeah, you guys are doing great. Um, yeah, about Alex Cora, I mean... Or about Verdugo, I mean, it's like uh, I can't believe he actually said that. And, like, you talk about my job. I got to be on time. Like, that's all you have to be is on time. Whether you're there and you screw up, as long as you're on time, it doesn't matter. And, like, you know, it's revisionist history about Verdugo. He screwed up every time. You know, it's just like uh, I just can't believe that he would talk crap like that to a uh, about his manager, you know. I just, uh, I just can't. That's it. That's the athlete today. You know, they're
2: just not accountable. Kevin, thanks for the call.
3: I think it does show a lack of maturity because I think he said the athlete today, I wouldn't go that far. I think there's a lot of athletes today that are accountable. But like you look at just the difference, even young athletes in Boston, right? Like the Celtics lost game seven of the Heat. Jalen Brown afterwards was like, yeah, I played bad and I feel like I let the city down. Verdugo gets traded because he has multiple incidents, and he's like, I'm glad to have a coach that likes me now. And has right, my yeah, head coach. Right? Yeah, like, right? like, <laughs> it's, And I know that's just one example, but it just feels like this for. Verdugo- and what, what was the knock on him when he came here, right? Okay, he's a center. There was maturity questions when he yep. showed up yep. from the Dodgers, and you can look it up if you're not sure what I'm talking about. But yep. there was maturity questions then, and it feels like those have not gotten any better. Like it's, yeah. To me, it's just a, a big maturity issue.
2: Yeah, I think it's already challenging when... And just put myself in core shoes, right? It's it's already challenging where you have developmental talent. You're losing out on top free agents. Your most current free agent high price has only been there one season out of two. You're trying to piece together lineups. My goodness, you, you, you literally have a Rocky Horror show for your bullpen for the last two and a half years. You don't get help from your boss. At trade, I mean, I think it really goes back to, and this is why I I, I see core in such high esteem as a manager. We'll get to the Celtics here shortly. Is that look? Go back to that team coming out of camp was only supposed to be a five hundred team, and what do you know? They've got the lead of the AL East, and all they need is a little bit of pitching help. And they couldn't get a swift and whiff of anything. And I think from that point, you almost have to wonder, like, how supportive is. Are my superiors, my yep. immediate ones at my job, and then I got this guy over here who can't be on time, who happened to be the centerpiece of the guy above me's first big deal, right? Yep. It's almost like you almost feel like there are things like I better not even say nothing, miss the cutoff man, don't even say nothing, don't, it's don't a even t- say it is anything.
3: a tough spot, right? And like you mentioned, Kike Hernandez is the starting shortstop for a good chunk of the year, like it's a tough spot, right? right? And, and I think. You know, you saw Bloom get fired, and I was not surprised at all they traded Verdugo because the benching and the, the hustle thing back in June as well that also got him benched. Like, after those couple incidents to me, no no surprise at all they decided. I think it was a slap to him that they traded him to the Yankees because they yeah. said, we don't care if you go to our biggest rival that we play 15 times a year. We don't
2: think you'll do that much damage. You'll do nothing to us.
3: No, no accountability from Verdugo. Like, you remember even when the benching happened for him showing up late, he was kind of like... He didn't say no comment, but it was like no comment ish when he was like, yeah. Oh, I don't know, I was here, I don't know. Right, like, exactly. It was like really like No one's saying
2: that you got benched because you were here. You just
3: weren't here when you were supposed yeah. to be here. Like I'm looking around the room. Are you here on time or not? <laughs> you know what I'm mean? right. like You're here or you're not?
2: It, you know, it, it must feel like this, because I've been in this industry for, for a few minutes, right? It's when you get to a point where you have to start pulling out a manual and having legal probably on the phone, and I'm not saying it's this deep, but you probably had to walk on that type of eggshells to see how you could get to the point where you could pull Verdugo from a game. Like how many times does it have to happen? Let's go look at what the what the rule book says for 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 company policy. You know, like instead of just saying, Hey, I need to make an executive decision and pull you for a game and maybe you'll understand and learn. When you have to start doing the creeping and crawling and consulting with, you realize that you're dealing with a powder keg in front of you. And by the way, the match may be the person who's your boss.
3: Yeah, and I think there were so many other headaches for Cora this year too. Like you had starting pitchers that you could not go deep in games. You had a middle infield that could not play defense at all. Like you had a GM who didn't add at the trade deadline. Like you had so many other headaches. Like it wasn't just a Verdugo problem. Maybe he was your biggest headache but there was a lot of other big ones too that I think caused him other problems and maybe prevented him. From, I don't want to say prevented him from acting sooner, but just like other things that also got in the way too.
2: So if Alex Corps goes clean shaven from game one to 162, then possibly the beard was a um, a signal of a mini protest potentially. Uh, yeah, well, I don't maybe. know. Yeah. Um, 330 Celtics Clippers. Um, I'm just seeing this now. Christoph Porzingis is out for today's game.
3: Yep. Tatum is available though. Tatum is available. Across.
2: Yeah. So, um, this is going to be an interesting matchup because the way the Clippers are playing right now, I think they potentially can be the most dangerous team in the West. Just because if you say, all we do is use Zubac for size and just try and get uh, get uh, Jokic into foul trouble, then that's what it is because you have got these other guys. But it's a fascinating story. Almost even, I would say probably second most fascinating story is that Milwaukee still hasn't gotten things together the way they thought they would. Is that the Clippers, who were, even though they're 17 11, it's not that they're blown out the world. But when they yeah. first. Milwaukee, this- though,
3: and the Clippers, one yeah. thing, they both made big guard acquisitions. Obviously, yeah. Dame is better than Harden, but big guard acquisitions. Both stumbled initially. Remember the Clippers? I think they lost their first three or four with yeah, Harden. More, yeah. Right. But Milwaukee and the Clippers have both won nine out of their last ten. So it seems like maybe it's starting to click over yeah. the last two and a half weeks or so with both of these teams. But, but I would, obviously the Clippers we're seeing today.
2: But I would have thought Milwaukee would already be – I don't think – I wouldn't have, one, I wouldn't think that Miami would still kind of be in a, in a little bit of a mix. But I would have thought Milwaukee probably would have had the Celtics kind of under pressure in terms of where the lead would be in the East, and, and it just doesn't feel that way. Where in the West, the Clippers, it's like, hey, if they keep all these guys healthy, even though Kawhi Leonard's out today – but, and with Russell Westbrook accepting his role as the bench guy and being productive, here you have a team of guys who not known for being teammates of the best sorts suddenly coming together. I, this could be a preview game, but we've talked about this, John, when we've been on the air, is how the Celtics seem to look a little more average when Porzingis is not there. And this is what I'm going to be looking for today.
3: Yeah, me too, because Porzingis, when he's in, I look at them as the best team in the NBA. When he's out, I look at them as a great team that could win a championship, but it's obviously not the same. And Porzingis is a guy, his offensive rating and his defensive rating is third on the Celtics. Like, he has games like the other night where he has six blocks, but he can also hit threes. Like, he does a lot of things for you. And I think Porzingis has made Jalen Brown better. I think he's helped make Derek White better, although White's done a lot of that on his own. But I think he's a guy that because he does so many unique things, like you can't cover him with a traditional center. But if you have a guy that's a little smaller that can cover Porzingis on the perimeter, he'll just go inside. And last year he led the NBA in points per post-up, right? Like he'll just go inside and bang around. So to me, he on the floor, they're the best team in the NBA. But I, I am interested, like you said, how are they going to play? And they've had some time without him this year. But you're playing an elite opponent, or an opponent at least with elite talent. That's one nine out of their last ten. You don't have Porzingis. How do you look without him in that tough environment?
2: Well, I'll tell you that over under of uh, two thirty one and a half. I, I I like the over just because you know that Porzingis is probably going to give you two blocks a game.
3: So at least yeah,
2: at least. So I think that scores that scores probably the, the scores are probably going to go up just because there's going to be lack of a a, a shot-blocking presence back there for the Celtics. Look, both teams have won 4 of their last 5. And the Celtics before the loss to uh, to the Warriors had won 5 straight. So this is going to be a fascinating this is going to be a fascinating matchup, man, cuz you've got teams that are definitely going to get this game into the 120s for sure. And I, that I think that's just what we're looking at.
3: And I look at Tatum's comments after the five-game homestand, which was the first time they had swept a homestand of five games or more since 2016, and he talked about how, "Hey, last year we wouldn't have won all these games, right? We wouldn't have, we would have played down to Orlando or Cleveland or Stumble, which they did, right? We saw it happen last year. And I thought, okay, that's a great sign of maturity. And it's also a great sign of where they're at as a team. And then they followed up with that loss to Golden State, but they bounced back with a great performance against Sacramento. I want to see can they keep that bounce back going? Because if they can, then I feel even better about those comments and me because I feel like the Celtics of the last three, four, five years. Would have lost a couple of games on that homestand, but then also after losing to Golden State, would have gone five and five in their next ten. So I well, want to it, see can they follow it up by going seven and three in their next ten.
2: Well, it's interesting now. I'm just realizing that the the Bucks have won nine of ten, and so they're right there. And I think this is why you know if Porzingis is out, and we did this in, would you rather more likely to either or, like, do you need to go make a move for another front court guy because how many games can you give Porzingis rest? knowing that Milwaukee is in a statistical tie with you and the Sixers are a game and a half out. And, and the last thing you'd probably want to be is the Celtics, is the two or three seed, right? Because one, if you're the two or three seed, that means you're either going to be playing Milwaukee or the 76ers before you even get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I so, agree. Do you so, want to
3: avoid, I think Philly's the better team of the two, to be honest. Yeah, there's
2: a, there's a, there's a simulator that actually has Philly winning the East. Yeah, over the Celtics, they have. Philly's Celtics at two.
3: starting five right now is leading the NBA in plus-minus. Celtics is third, but Philly is leading the NBA with that starting five in plus-minus. And, and, and I
2: think what's scary is that is here they got rid of what they thought was the problem, and didn't get any solution back. Really, James Harden really went away for nothing, and they're and they're pulling this yeah. off like and they have like the best to...
3: point differential overall in the NBA. Yeah, Celtics so... are
2: second. So that's the other thing with the Celtics, where I don't have an issue of where they are right now. I like what I'm seeing from the from the role players. I think Pritchard's uh, his confidence has built uh, quite a bit better. You know, um, uh even though he's been out, he's been productive. So there's been productivity from what you've been getting off of the bench in terms of expectation. Well, I don't think you know you went into saying like we need everything from you, but I do think there is another piece that's needed, just so that way you could say all right. You don't want to put too many minutes on Horford, and you don't want to see that Porzingis is out of the loop for too many games and saying, okay, Cornet, who's not there. we got to depend on him more than what you've expected to.
3: Yeah, and I think like if you're the Celtics, my number one thing is I want them to be fully healthy going into the playoffs. So if they're the two or three seed and they're fully healthy, great. But I think this year, the one seed, it's a little extra valuable, not so much for the home court thing. It's like you said – you don't want to have to play both Milwaukee and Philly. You want yeah. those teams to go against each other in the second round to face you. The only thing about that, and Celtics fans, sorry if you get PTSD from this, that means you might have to play Miami or Orlando in the oh. second round. So you're going to have – I mean, it's not going to be a cakewalk in the second round, but I think Philly, to me, is the second-best team in the East. Milwaukee's right there. I know Milwaukee has a better record right now, but I think like that's the team. I want to avoid both of them in the second round. if And it's not a home-road thing. It's just how good both of those teams are. But you might have to beat the Heat in the second round if that's the case.
2: Well, the way projected standings look, it would have the Celtics at 1, and they have a slight advantage to win the conference finals now. That's over the last couple of days. And an equal chance to win the NBA finals with the Sixers, who are at 2. They have the Bucks at 3, uh, and they have Orlando at 4. The Heat at 7. So, Yeah. You want to stay at that, like you said, you want to stay at that two spot because if the Heat are the seven seed and you're seeing the Heat as a first-round matchup, that's not going to be pretty.
3: Yeah, and and like as good as Orlando is, and I've been high on Orlando all year, and I know they gave the Celtics trouble last year, I would rather play them 10 times out of 10 in the second round than Miami. Absolutely. If it came to that, depending on seeding.
2: KJ and Lions, WEEI, 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Still to come, we'll talk more Patriots Getting ready for the Denver game tomorrow, plus the future of the franchise with Bill Belichick. Plus, we have our gifts for our co-workers here at WEEI. But now it's time to trend with John Lyon.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that...
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back at KJ and Lions on WEDI.
2: Uh-oh, I did it. I did it, John. Wham! Again, I hit. I hit him with it. <laughs> w e e i. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. I gave you my heart. The very next day, maybe that should tell you something about your morals on Christmas night. Maybe. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. Have you ever played Whamageddon? You know what that is, John. No idea. You've never heard of Wham! Again. No.
3: I played Call of Duty, but.
2: Well, uh, this is not a video game. The right. idea is you're supposed I play to play pickup av- basketball. You've, you're supposed to avoid hearing "Wham's Last Christmas." It starts the day after, starts on Black Friday, so it's the day after Thanksgiving, and you see who can go the furthest without hearing the song. Maybe three years ago, I made it all the way to December 21st. Well,
3: I just made it till December 23rd because that yeah, was you, the first time I've heard it. song. You first
2: time you've ever heard it? So, not yeah, ever, so.
3: but like I've I have not heard that this
2: year. Yeah, so that I, at my old station, I'd see it show up on the log. I would purposely turn the studio down and cheat that way because I'm like, hey, it's coming. They don't. So I'm sorry for those who just lost. If you just lost in Wham again, impressive that you made it to yet December 23rd. And uh, here we are two days away from potentially maybe the third from last game from Belichick with the Patriots, but I, I don't think so. About, uh, what is it,
3: 28 hours-ish away?
2: Somewhere in About there. That? Right, so probably about six, hours? about yeah, it might be over right when Santa's supposed to show up. You know, imagine yeah. imagine the game goes late and it goes into midnight and suddenly kids I got a post game Denver...
3: show to do, so I oh, prefer. Gosh.
2: If it didn't. Oh, god, well, psh, oh, god, run the ball, yeah, enjoy that. Um, look, I'm really surprised that the Vegas Lions have the Broncos as seven and a half point favorites, considering that the Patriots, it's not like they're going to put a ton of points up. But the Broncos don't either. I, I, I find it fascinating. I think the narrative is that this team is so bad that even from a better's perspective... There's no hope even betting anything regarding the Patriots, and I don't think that's true in this game. I'll mention a couple of them that I think would be interesting in looking at.
3: Well, I think with the line, a big part of it is the Patriots' health situation, too. Like, you're not going to have Peppers. You're not going to have Stevenson. You're not going to have Henry. And I know Henry and McDermott are newer, but, like, you knew Peppers and Stevenson. You weren't going to have. You knew Henry and McDermott were questions. Barmore, Tavai, Bentley. Like, these are all guys that would keep the game very close and and potentially win it for the Patriots if they were to go up there and steal one. Without all those guys – I can kind of see Christmas Eve, cross country, the Tom Brady Patriots had quite a few, you know, issues playing in Denver. I actually I could kind of see, you know, in the six and a half to seven and a half range.
2: Here's something interesting. You can get plus two ten if you believe that the Patriots will be the first team to score ten points. I like that something I believe can really happen now that I've if I'd never seen this team have an opening drive. That's one thing. But you do – see, that's the thing. The pieces that are me- that are missing on defense, they can be made up for. Yeah, the Hunter Henry thing, I am concerned because have you seen Mike Gusecki really this year? No, and I was
3: – he was a guy, I'll be honest, when they signed him, I was like, wow, this guy scored six touchdowns last year, all in the red zone. Five of them were inside the 10-yard line. I was fired. I was like, hey, this guy's going to be a weapon for you. He caught the game-winning touchdown pass against the Bills. Other than that, can't really think of any meaningful contribution he's made. In the passing
2: game, at least. Method of first scoring play: New England Patriots touchdown plus four fifty, plus four fifty. Yeah,
3: like, see, I I, 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 I would. That's not a bad number, like to take. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, look, I can see I, them I know, scoring per, first. Yeah, right. someone who's listening to us from outside the, the market or what have you probably like, what a bunch of homers these guys believe that. Look, look, look they 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 battled the Chiefs, for that first half.
3: Yeah, and they scored first against Pittsburgh, and they scored, right? Right, like so. Yeah, I mean, I could see, like, could I see them coming out and being up ten to three
2: midway through the second quarter in this game? Hundred percent. So, again, so here is my thing: if the Patriots win tomorrow, and I think they can, I, I really do. This is one of the games that on the schedule I had. I, look, I thought they'd win five games. Let's be honest. I did. I didn't think they'd beat the Colts, but I did think they would beat the Saints, right? So now I'm at the point where where there is something different. I think they can beat Denver, I think they can beat the Jets, I think Buffalo because they have so much at stake. They can't rest they can't rest anybody. So if the if the Patriots win two of their next three games, that's probably the biggest story to come out of everything because it happened at the end and it happened after the disaster like there was life after the ashes. And so if this is a win tomorrow, do you feel like there's going to be this backing off of Oh, everybody, you know, Bill's got to go. Yes. I I do. I do. Because
3: then he can, you know what Bill can do too. If he goes in a meeting with Bob Kraft, yeah, Mac Jones was so bad. Once I put Zappi in, we started going 500. (laughs) Like imagine if I had had a decent quarterback all year. Like that's what he can say. And especially with all the injuries they have, like a win tomorrow, even if they lose their last two, a win in Denver coupled with a win in Pittsburgh in a competitive first three quarters, if you will, against the Chiefs, Right. That really I think bolsters his case and it also really hurts Mac's case as well. So I think, yeah, I mean if he if they win tomorrow, we'll probably have more people call us next week saying, keep
2: him around for one more year. Yeah, well, I, I think that was always always the case. And even at the end of last year, I thought going into this season, there probably should have been a straight up head to head competition between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi for the quarterback position.
3: They tried
2: but well material. but i but i don't think they really tried because with bill o'brien in it's almost like well let's give the the quarterback the shiny new coordinators attention first we don't want to split it up
3: i because, also just think zappi was so bad in training camp and in those preseason games like it just well, prevented now, guess, a real competition you know what i mean like i think they would have been open to a competition you're right like bill o'brien was more for mac than zappi but right. i think if zappi had come in and been really good then they would have been like, hmm, all right, maybe we have some. But then when he was that bad, I think that really kind of put the kibosh on any sort of competition.
2: Now, I know there is a segment of the fan base that's like, shut up, KJ, about them winning two more games. They need to stay in the hunt for that number two or number one spot. Yeah,
3: we're going to be miserable for May, KJ. Yeah, well, we're going to be wicked awful for Williams. Yeah,
2: I'm just saying, look at the Mitch Trubisky tent number Horrible that he wore at, at UNC.
3: Yeah, I, it, I won't say what they'll be for
2: Olu Fashanu.
3: I, I will keep that off the air. Yeah, okay, there
2: you go. We'll both get fired. Yeah. But I don't want to look at, you know, like where would the Patriots fall in the draft because you feel like even, because there are even projections that, hey, at six, the Giants are looking at Drake May. Right? that That's that's where some projections show. Now, am I a fan of going to go get Drake May? Absolutely not. I think, they're, I think you need to speed up with the times. And I don't know if Drake May is going to be that guy. But you you definitely don't want to be lower than three, four, five.
3: I agree. I like. I ideally the lowest you are is three,
2: to right? Me.
3: Because then you can get either Marvin Harrison Jr. or Fashanu or one of the quarterbacks. Like you you will have the best of whatever you kind of desire. So th- to well, me, if, I don't Ar- if,
2: if Arizona ends up being the number two team, I would say Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to Arizona.
3: Sure, and then because but then you would I, have Mayor Williams. Like, don't sleep on the Bears too. Not taking a QB.
2: I don't think they'll take a QB. They may take Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Right because now what you're seeing with this Chicago offense has been able to do in some competitive games. You're like, you know, put him out there with DJ Moore. <sighs> right, it could be a problem.
3: Yeah, and Fields has looked better over the past few weeks. Kyler right. Murray. I mean, look, I'm not a believer in Kyler Murray, but he has looked at least reasonably good over the last few weeks. So, right. uh, that's why to me, if you're those, and then if you're the Patriots at three, you can have either any quarterback in the entire draft you want.
2: Washington offers something, a pretty interesting scenario here, right? Because they have a quarterback, if you believe that they're still going to go with Sam Howell, if you believe that, and if you believe that Belichick is that guy that may trade back. Maybe now New England has a potential partner in that top five with Washington to say, hey, we can swap with them if we know they're probably not going to go get a receiver. They've already got a plethora of receivers. And if they say that Sam Howell's their quarterback, then they already have their quarterback. Then you might be able to be able to get another first round pick or an early second round pick on top of your pick that you have in the second round with Washington. So that's something I would keep in mind, right? If, yeah, if Washington's there. Yeah. yeah,
3: I'm not anti them trading down, but it would have to be a really like
2: special type deal. It, yeah, we're, you know we're talking I mean? about swapping spots, right? Like if you yeah, want the right, number right. two spot and you want to go get Fasano or something like that, and you've got to have him. Well, then you know that at three. There are two players, there are two, there are two different ways that Arizona could go, right? So you're like, okay, well, Arizona could go one or two ways and we'll still get probably one of our two top choices at four, but now have multiple picks in later rounds. Right. It's, or, it's, right.
3: Maybe Jaden Daniels is the guy they think is the best QB. So they trade down to six or seven, get another first, and take Jaden Daniels.
2: Yeah, like, I don't. I don't know, you know if you go that far down and and not miss out on what your primary is.
3: Yeah, no, but I think that's why to me their evaluation of the quarterbacks is so fascinating because if they view Daniels as the best guy, first of all, they could just take him in the top three. But maybe they say, hey, we'll go to five. We'll pick up an extra high second or late first and get Daniels and go for like because I don't know. Pe- some people think Daniels is going to fall way down. I-, I think this dude's a top ten pick. So I. That's why, it's, and I you don't like you said you don't really want to mess around with that and miss right. out on your guy because you traded
2: down and accumulated more picks. All right, so here at KJ and Lions, we we believe in the spirit of giving, and that spirit of giving means giving gifts to our fellow coworkers here at W E E I. Can we get a little Christmas music, Nico, as we wrap these gifts? There we go. I don't know. I feel like tossing a log on the fire, and I mean like a log that I got from the dispensary. I'm totally kidding. Yeah. All right. So we'll start with Greg Hill. Uh, John, I got him another form-fitting classic rock T-shirt. This one says Ozzy Osbourne. As much as their love of WAAF and Ozzy starting the station and finishing the station, I figure it would be a great gesture to Greg to give him a undersized T-shirt that says Bark at the Moon.
3: Yeah, I'm going to give him a guest appearance from KJ and Lions. He can just put his feet up right here in the number one chair. Me and you will take care of the rest of the show. He'll enjoy having us. We'll enjoy being here. I'll be done with work by 10 a.m. Home by 11.
2: I don't know if that would be allowed because I'm the only guy here at the station who used to be a morning guy somewhere. And the station I used to be a morning guy with used to be part of Greg's... WAAF simulcast. So I don't know if that's going to... And plus, man, the price ain't the same if you can get me up in the morning. Brother, I've enjoyed not waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning for the last three years. It, it is kind of comfortable. All right, let's get to Wiggy. What are we What are we wrapping up here? I, well, I got to take this back. John, I actually bought Wiggy a hot seat with an ejection button for his performance at Brockton High School no, you Football. Just, you gave it to him early. That's I all. gave it to... well. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to take it back because it is very hard to replace a legend in Frank Columbo. And maybe it was just kind of to be the Band-Aid before you get to the person who really is the person. I think Wiggy will discuss some of that next week. This thing is just, it's a heavy chair. I've got to take it back. It's a good thing I didn't assemble it. What did you get him?
3: A Rolodex, so he remembers everyone's (laughs) name. He's forgotten your name? Uh, he doesn't even know who I am. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, come on, man. I'm a weekend guy. We're a different breed on the weekends, KJ.
2: Oh, no. He knows who I am because he had yeah, to look at a book books ago. The damn R&B station is in our craw at the hip-hop station. Yeah. So, yeah, I used to battle these guys. He doesn't know. All, right. <laughs> All right. One of the sweethearts of the station, Courtney. I've gotten her a Taylor Swift Friends Celebrity Starter Kit with her big Christmas Eve Eve party tonight, minus Jackson, I think. I figured what a way to start kind of going highbrow with a Taylor Swift Friends Celebrity Starter Kit. So
3: I, I kind of felt bad for Courtney the last couple weeks when I was listening to her because she tried to have a party and Greg spilled the beans about it. And then other people gave her a hard time and she felt like she had to invite everyone. And I hate being in that situation. So I would get her a Christmas party
2: where no one worries who is invited. Let's be honest, I w- used to work with Jackson Our desks used to be next to each other We worked on Carson and McKenzie when he did When he was a producer there And I did, you know, kind of let him know Like he was applying for a job here, got it um, Hey buddy, you can be a chatty Kathy <laughs> Love you to death, Jackson's a sweetheart Can be a chatty Kathy Maybe that was the concern I'm not saying I agree or disagree with Courtney I'm just saying I understand, sister Alright, What you'd be surprised what I got for Curtis here Ah, just in time for the closing. It's carpet from a closed-down Tom Brady TB12 store. Now, who is a carpetbagger bigger for Tom Brady than Curtis? I figured a piece of carpet from a closed-down TB12 store would be apropos for Curtis for Christmas.
3: Giving him a few Saturday mornings off so you and I can fill in. I know you don't want to get up at 4.30 anymore, but they do 9 to 12. You know, we can get up. That That's
2: 7.30. Eight, yeah. That's 7.30. I'm up, brother. Yeah. But then, look, then you're all done by new, noon, 1 o'clock. Morning show price is a different price. Oh, so yeah, so I'm making you more money. You're welcome. What are we getting, Gresh here, for Christmas? <laughs> ah. How about a damn electric shaver? This is professional broadcasting. Kidding. But he is going kind of Grizzly Adams here lately with the beard. Have you noticed, John? Yeah. It's pretty thick. I'm going to
3: get him a flying car because <laughs> I've only met Gresh once. I don't really know him that well, but I see a bunch of tweets about how bad his commute is. And he does have a long commute. So I'd, I'd get him a flying car, maybe a helicopter. A get helicopter, him here to the studio nice and quick.
2: A helicopter would be impressive and then get the heliport put on top of the stockyard next to us. Now right, It would right. be kind of loud in stockyard, but still it would be perfect. All he do is just jump over the pike and he's here. All right, what about his partner, Fourier? Guess what I got him, John? Deion Sanders' private cell phone number. I think he might want to make a few phone calls or two out in Boulder about what has just gone on with this past season for more reasons than one.
3: yeah I'm a time machine. It's been 20 years since he won a Super Bowl with the 2003 Patriots. Him and Gresh every week have been doing a segment revisiting it. It's been awesome to listen to. So I'll let him go
2: back in time and revisit the glory days. Ah, uh, the other sweetheart here of WEEI for holiday gift-giving. It's to Mego where I present Mego a box of Maryland blue crabs with the mallet that she can use on Jones. I know give- she misses home. Yeah. I know the blue crabs are not cheap either. This might outside of Wiggy's eject- ejectable hot seat. This is a pretty expensive gift here. I'm going to give
3: her Washington Commanders Jim Harbaugh as head coach. So she can stop suffering as a Commander's fan,
2: which she has for many years. Man, the blue crabs are better. These are th- th- This is food that you can't get at home? It might be more expensive, too. Yeah, that's true. All right, what did I get for Adam Jones? <clears throat> See the second half of Meggo's gift, that mallet, because while, M- while Meggo's eating those crabs, I know she's probably just thinking, like, if I could just give Jones this mallet to the head.
3: I'm going to give Jones a hug. So he can smile a little bit more. I'm going to come in the studio, give him a nice big hug so he can just take a deep breath and realize that, you know, the Celtics are good, you know. The Patriots do stink, and you can be critical of them, but there are some good things in the world sports-wise.
2: Yes, see, sometimes peace on earth and in the studio is goodwill for all. Here, as KJ Lyons presents gift to our fellow coworkers here, Christian Arcan, similar to Fourier's gift, it's a University of Colorado portal necklace. Yeah, yeah, they promised all this stuff, Dion, but I'm trying to tell you, as long as Dion's got a kid on that team, that portal necklace will be shining bright like it's an omen in some type of sci-fi movie. So I'm going to
3: wait 11 months to give RK my gift to him, and it's going to be Thanksgiving food that does not poison him <laughs> so he doesn't have to miss the next week of work like happened this year.
2: Tell him, turn the stove on high. Tell him, yeah, Or maybe oh. when
3: you're done eating, put the food in the fridge.
2: Yeah, exactly. Or turkey's not happened. good 17 days later. It's not? Uh, all right, Rich Keefe. You know what my gift for him is? Sleep. Man, with a newborn, I think his daughter's under three, and he's here till 10 o'clock at night. Now, I'm sure when he gets home, it's like, you know what your immediate duties are. But I know the guy is just itching for some sleep. It might This might be the best gift that costs nothing that I could give. Yeah, I'm just going to agree with you and give him sleep. <laughs> so, Keith, take a double sleep, but don't take the deep one, okay? Uh, here's what I got for Fitzy. It's the serious guide to joke writing How to Say Something Funny About Anything by Sally Holloway. I don't know what this is saying, but it seemed like it just, you know, sometimes when you look at something in the story, it's like, boom, the perfect gift. That's what I'd give Fitzy. I'm just going to get him Caleb Williams. <laughs> I <gonna> feel better.
3: <laughs>
2: None of us got him beer? No, no, no. That,
3: He's got that, enough. That, He's got two named after him. He's got to get me true. beer.
2: That's true. Andy Hart. What do I. And this is on him. I'm giving. I, I want to give Andy Hart his beard back, right? It, it fed into his machismo. His anger, his his determination, the weight—like when he had the beard, you almost felt like as soon as he finished saying he was going to say what he was going to say, he was going to hit you with a steel chair. Yeah, you got that dog in him with the beard. Yeah, yeah.
3: I'm going to get him a Jalen Brown jersey because Andy <laughs> Hart is known around here as a somewhat negative guy, and Jalen Brown is one person that I have always heard him defend. I've done shows with him before, and he's been complimentary of Jalen Brown. So, of the thing he's positive about, I'm going to
2: get him a JB jersey. All right, now to our boss, Ken Laird. I'm giving Ken Laird $2 million so he can kick back and pay me 10%. I'm going to give him the same thing, but
3: two additional million dollars. So he's going to get four total from us. We'll get the kickbacks as well.
2: There you go, two hundred thousand for me, and I'm going to also give Jeff. him
3: a uh, ten year contract with my name on it. So I, 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 I don't want, point. I don't want to be
2: locked that long because you know the world could change.
3: Uh, give, give me an opt out, like you know, an NBA star or something.
2: <laughs> there I am standing there with my two hundred thousand from ten years ago. <laughs> I'm kidding, maybe not. And finally, to the producers who have worked alongside John Lyons and I, that would include Nico and Stiz and Joe Braverman and Justin Turpin. And forgive us if we're forgetting anybody else. I can only think back about four weeks. 10% of the 400,000 that he has kicked to the both of us. So that way it could be spared, spread amongst them equally. I'm going to get them
3: earplugs because they've heard enough of us all year. <laughs> I'm going to give them a break from us.
2: <laughs> it's KJ and Lions. Happy holidays. We finish the show next here on WEEI.
1: KJ and Lions on WEEI.
2: Hey player, what you gonna get up huh, for Christmas? Yeah. Go, what you
0: gonna get that boy? Come on, come on, come on! <laughs> what you gonna get up huh, for well,
2: Christmas? You gonna get Merry Christmas and happy holidays here from KJ and Lions on WEEI. Sometimes I get super only at only at the holidays. Do I get obnoxious <laughs> with the with the, with the return music? <laughs> I do it at other points of the year. Yeah, I mean you go sit there and play quads and say, what you want for Christmas? <laughs> what has happened? What has happened to my beloved W E E I? What is what is that guy doing up there? You missed any of the show? Uh, type W E E I ninety three seven on the Odyssey app. It's absolutely free. You can replay the show in sections. Uh, any of our conversations on Verdugo and the Red Sox and the Patriots and Belichick, Celtics—it's all there. Uh, w e e i nine three seven. Type that in. Save it as a favorite. Click the little heart, and anytime you come back to the app, it'll be right there. All right, uh, let's get these final text messages. Three seven nine three seven. What you got, Nico? Okay, so the first text message we got here is an off year from Mookie Betts
1: was like, "Oh no, he hit two seventy with twenty home runs and twenty stolen bases." Play top-notch outfield, yeah,
2: you, yeah, pretty remember, much. Yeah, remember when he when he moved to second? Remember, remember in the game during that series where, where he made a yeah. key play at second and then made a key play in the outfield in the same game. You're like,
3: he's actually going to play second full time. I think for the Dodgers <laughs> this year.
2: <laughs> Wait, is yeah. now now his career is going to extend? Yeah. right? because there's not going to be as much toll on the body running. You know, trying to run outfield, potentially hitting walls, stuff like that. You can torque on the arm, like like. What, do the Red Sox need a second baseman?
3: Yeah, they have since Dustin Pedroia left. <laughs>
2: right. Like, th- that this was is...
3: another I, I talked about earlier, too. They gave Pedroia eight years. So that was another. It wasn't a free agent signing, but they did give him eight years. To
2: keep him, right. Yeah. But still, that's still not double digits. That's right. still not 10, so only, 12. Yeah,
3: it's just Devers.
2: Yeah, so it, it's one of those situations where you're like, gosh. It, let's say Mookie Betts is still here, and you're like, okay, now you're moving him to second base. You probably have two other superstars here. They're probably at least at least one other superstar in the outfield, possibly two altogether on the team. It could be another pitcher, it could be someone in the outfield. It would be like this would be the perfect time to make the Yankees the most irrelevant. Which you know, I still think they're kind of irrelevant. I don't think the Soto deal puts them over the top of anything. I think it just doesn't make them look as bad as they were last year. There's nothing that the Red Sox have done to make them look any better than they were last year.
3: Yeah, plus an infield of Devers, Mookie, Meyer, and Casas would be pretty sweet for about eight consecutive years. Right. Just something you, to think about, folks.
2: Well, well, then, but then you would trust the process because at least Mayer would have someone out there who would be the leader of the right. team who's right there he's running double plays with. Like, that's a situation where,
3: like, if they did that and they let Xander go, I would be like, okay, I could accept that. Or
2: vice versa, right? Like, right. you let Mookie go, you keep Xander there. Like, like okay. but I mean, you might, you might be the team that could say, hey, you know what? Because Mookie's here, you've got Mayer here, you've got Casas here. What does it take to get possibly like a Mike Trout to leave Los Angeles? Right. He might consider Boston because he's a, he's a Jersey guy. You know those Jersey guys around the world? He's a Jersey guy. So he might say, you know what? I can go play near home without the stresses of being home, right? That that Trout's never wanted to be the superstar of Major League Baseball. And anybody from the New York area says, if you want to be able to sleep comfortably, move to Boston. At least you have a lawn. There's no lawns in New York City. So that that that, 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 that all, but it all starts with what you have in place. Another text.
1: Our next text says, when a, mil- when a million dollar players can't play a game, they are supposed to be one of the best players at.
2: It's the players. You catch a ball, you throw a ball, and you swing. Thank you. House, Like, even the swing will give you flexibility because but there's a guy so who's paid
3: to get you out. I had a conversation with Lou Maloney about this when I did a Red Sox pregame show a few months back, and he said that you know a lot of young players now are not getting the development, like in high school and college and the minor leagues, in the field and on the bases because all teams care about is if you're a pitcher, can you strike guys out? And if you're a hitter, what's your launch angle and can you hit home runs? Yeah. So I think that's where maybe the onus goes on Cora, and not just Cora, but all MLB managers More now than at any other point because these guys aren't coming in maybe with all that extra attention practice that you got to spend time and work on it in spring training during the season you know because if they're not getting that development on their way up
2: but if they if they're coming out of high school or college and they don't have these things how many damn levels and leagues exist
3: no I agree but I'm saying if they're getting here without those skills for one way or another. Then it's on you to make sure you help develop those skills.
2: But I don't think that's the case. We're, okay, so maybe we saw a little bit out of Duran, maybe some errors, and there's yeah. the young Cassis, guy. But, I
3: think, too, we saw right. some uncertainty. He didn't have a ton of errors, but you saw right. a lot of uncertainty in the
2: field. Right, and that comes with time. I'm okay with that, but when you start missing cut off man or not doing the basic things, like, like I said, with hitting, there, there's a pitcher on the other side over there that's trying to get you out, and that's his job. So... Man, I I cannot wait for Christmas, John. Look, the way our pay schedule goes, I'm just going to have to give you your gift after the first of the year.
3: That's all right. My (laughs) gift is just a big thank you to you, KJ, for all the shows we've been doing together. We're going to continue to do them together. I'm just approaching six months here at WEEI, and it's been a very easy transition working with you so many times.
2: Well, thank you so much for the kind words. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy your persona, and I tend to read those things, and so I really enjoy being here with you a lot um, not to get in the way of our wives or anything like that type no, of like not, 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 quite, not, quite. not quite that level, but still uh, very enjoyable. Uh, probably one of the more most impressive six months that I've seen anybody in this industry work. So have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas you too, to you man. as well, Nico. And uh, have a great holiday. Talk to you guys next week. Enjoy pro football next here on WEEI. See ya!